Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. Another great episode. Another great, great guest. It's going to be a great conversation. Um, today we're going to talk about kind of having some momentum in your business and changing it up a little bit, adding a little commitment and life to your meetings. Uh, talk a little bit about kind of how to blend some energy and form yes. momentum to your existing plans because sometimes we kind of need that uh, kick in our butt to get moving Absolutely. a little bit quicker and get that, that momentum forward. So today's guest is Rick Maurer. He's a speaker, author, consultant, uh, expert on helping leaders avoid resistance to change. Since the publication of his book, Beyond the Wall of Resistance in the 90s, his opinion has been sought after by the Wall Street Journal, CNBC, NBC Nightly News, Fortune, and so many other media outlets. Some of the largest companies in the world ask him for his advice on ways to avoid resistance to change and ways to build strong support for changes and other big projects. We're really excited to be able to wow. talk to him for a good half hour. Rick, Beautiful. welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Absolutely. We're very excited to have you on the show. Um, you know, we, th these topics that we're going to talk about, we try to live live by them and preach them as well. But I, I, when we have someone that's an expert in the space, um, it's nice to kind of give a nice refreshing mm -hmm. look and kind of wake us up a little bit too. Yes. So, Rick, why don't you kind of tell us kind of about the early day of kind of, of, of seizing the moments with possibilities, right? Like kind of how you got started in that direction, yeah. early days of your speaking and consulting. Okay, sure. This is not going to be as long a story as it's going to seem like, but when I was in college, I was uh, studying to work with emotionally disturbed kids in schools, and okay. the philosophy of the program was radical. I didn't realize when I signed up for it, but it was radical, and it was a lot of these kids aren't disturbed. It's the schools that are disturbed, and if we mm -hmm. can change schools, we'll have fewer kids acting crazy. Okay, so... <laughs> I bought, yeah, I bought that then, I still buy it. But the problem was, I first started working in schools, so my first job, all I'd done is student teach. And basically, I'm in talking to teachers saying, hi, I'm here to help. And you can just imagine how that went over. <laughs> People 20 years experience are going, well, you just sit over there, young man, as soon as we need your help. Right. And, yes. But that stuck with me. Like, how come I could have what I thought were really good ideas and people just roll their eyes. And so I kept going back to school and I studied and right. uh, became an organization development consultant and then got really interested in this whole notion of why people would resist change. And mm. all the stuff I could find in the business press at the time was there was always a verb, a verb attached to resistance and that was overcome. And that simply is a bad <laughs> strategy. Uh, right. Imagine that I just try to push the two of you and say, no, 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 you're going to like this. Uh, you need to add dancers to your show. I mean, as soon as somebody pushes like that, you don't go, wow, what a great idea. You begin pushing back. And so I came up with this other model and wondering, you know, is, is it, if, if, am I going to kill my business? Because nobody was talking this way. And what happened is the phone started ringing and people started saying, hey, could you come help us? This was 1996. And that's been the focus of my work ever since is like, how do, how do I help people build and, and sustain the kind of energy and forward momentum they need to have to get stuff done? Wow. That is phenomenal. I think there's a lot of different ways that we could peel this conversation off. Today. So how 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 do you kind of like formally go into a business or an individual or a organization? I mean, do you kind of like step back and kind of see everything that's going on? Um, do I people do usually, yeah, like do not, or do they usually yeah. come with to you like with one specific thing? Like, we need help with this. 
It, it really can vary. I mean, sometimes they have this vague notion that, gee, it would be great to get somebody who knows a lot about this. So even if it doesn't work, we can say, well, we hired Rick Maurer. I mean, sometimes I, you know, honestly, and I, I try to stay away from those. Um, but, but often they'll come with a particular challenge and they might say, you know, this is a really important project. It might be a reorganization or new technology, it be all kinds of things. This is really important, and the last seven times we tried something like this, it just faded away or just died. Can you help us? And so there, it's usually a very specific thing, and you can hear it in their voice when they're asking. Wow. And typically, you're working with leadership executives, board members, right? That, teaching them how to transition that properly downward, correct? That's right. Yeah, I used to be a consultant, a typical consultant where I would come in on the project and I'd be there and on Monday morning you'd see me, on Friday you'd see me wave goodbye as I went to go home. And I don't do that anymore. Now I just basically act as an advisor to the very group you're talking about and teach them my stuff. And then I'm around so they can call me whenever they want. Uh, but I'm there more as a behind the scenes advisor like you might say, hey, we got this meeting coming up next Wednesday. Here's what we're thinking of doing. Give us some feedback. And then it's my job to go, well, I'd be asleep in the first five minutes. Here's why. Or, gee, I think yeah. that's great. Sure. Expand on that. So, wow. Yeah. I think that leads us perfectly to the top. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you those moments and how do you add that life and uh, commitment to your meeting? Like, what is it that, where are you finding the moments? How are the triggers happening? where it's like, boom, you know what, guys, if you add just a little bit to this, it'll make mm -hmm. it so everyone's awake and energized. Okay. Well, I mean, the first thing is <clears throat> that those leaders have to realize there's something missing, you know, that these mm -hmm. meetings are deadly. Because if they don't right. recognize that, if they go, wow, I've got 500 slides and my voice sounds good, this is going to be a great, if that's where they are, you know, they're not going to even ask, how do I make it better? Um, mm -hmm. But if they're saying, hey, I'm really concerned about this. And I'll say, well, what do you plan to do? And a typical thing that they plan to do is, okay, I've got this, this deck of PowerPoint slides. And I'll go, okay, and how many do you have? And 50 for an hour is not uncommon. And I'll say, what that means is you're going to be talking to what's on those slides most of the time. There's no room for anybody to get mm -hmm. in. And so, in fact, I give you, I was working with a scientist and in this, the lab where he worked, he said, you have to use PowerPoint or it looks like you're not prepared. And he said, so I can't, he said, I'd rather not, but I have to. And he called me one day and he said, you know, I realized maybe there's a minimum number of slides I could use that, that would let the other scientists know, oh, he prepared. And he said, I got it to be about five slides out of 50. And he said, so... For that hour, I had five slides, and he said, what happened is I covered all the same material, but it gave so much more space for people to come in and join me in a conversation. And he said, the energy, he said, my energy too, was much, much higher as a result of that. So he's played by the rules. He recognized playing by the rules was not going to get him where he wanted to go. So how could he bend it in a very simple way to make it work? Hmm. That's amazing. I've got a, I've got a question, but I, it might peel off. So no, you're fine. You're good. No. Well, my question more, uh, revolves around businesses are kind of like the heartbeat of the community. They lead change. They're, they're huge in communities. Mm -hmm. With all the change that's been happening recently, 
What is it psychologically deep down in people that makes it so hard to adapt to change? Mm. Like through your years, like what is it that like not make people tick, but what is it that really makes it hard for people to change? Um, and you kind of alluded to it in the beginning, but I want to learn more about what you've seen over the past uh, I mean, in your career. Yeah, sure. When I ended, what I've, uh, I took a, a model that was kind of complex and I basically boiled it down to like four pockets of energy that whatever the change is, whatever the project is, if I need your support, these four pockets are going to be there. And it's in my best interest to pay attention to them. And mm -hmm. so even if it's the current environment or an environment from 10 years ago, those pockets are still going to be there. There's going to have different facts attached to them. And the first one is that people feel a sense of urgency that they go, we better make this change right now because yeah. either it's a threat or it's a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and, and without that, the leaders can now start going into planning and saying, this is what we're going to do. And they don't have an audience. They don't have people who really are paying attention. They're just, you know, they're rolling their eyes, looking at each other and they're going, oh yeah, here we go again. Mm -hmm. But what gets, mi what's missing and it's, it's sort of been missing forever is a lot of organizations do a very poor job of keeping people in the loop, letting people know that, oh, look what's happening. These are the trends. And the challenge right now is that we're in this virtual world. So it makes mm -hmm. it harder to communicate. Uh, yeah. People talk about Zoom fatigue and that. I think what we're doing, trying to do is just transplant the same boring old meetings we had to a different medium and it's, it's not working. But we, the problems were there before COVID. It's just that we, we need to do a better job of basically being candid with people. Yeah. Hey, here's what the numbers look like. And mm -hmm. so that is, that is the big one. I've got three others, but that's, that's really that once you get people going, whoa, this is a problem or, hey, this is an opportunity, then they're knocking on your door going, well, what are we going to do? Absolutely. How are we going to uh, yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of more presenting the issue, and then and then from your background, you, that that helps. It it not only it, I think it's essential. Uh, do you have time for a quick story? Please. Well, absolutely. We love. Okay. It. Uh, so I was working in a with a hospital, and hospitals have gone through lots of changes over a number of years. And I was talking with the CEO one day, and I said, you know. You, you folks are facing the same challenges that other hospitals are facing in the United States, right? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, but you seem to have good morale. People are getting things done. Patients are pleased that they came, all of that. I said, what's different? And he said, well, he said, you're right. He said, our morale is good. He said, there are two things that I think are different. He said, one, because I'm the CEO, I have to go to meetings all the time. People, hey, could you come into our staff meeting? Could you do this? And I always say yes, but I say, but you got to give me the last four minutes so I can talk about whatever I want to talk about. And he hmm. said, in those last four minutes, I'll say, he said, I'm not trying to lead them anywhere, but I'll say, hey, you know, I don't know if you saw the paper this morning, but that hospital up the road is building a new cardiac wing. I don't know what impact that's going to have on us, but it's got my attention. And so he said, I'm just letting him know stuff that I've seen. And he said, the other thing is he said, everyone affiliated with the hospital, whether they're a surgeon or the head of finance or somebody in the cafeteria, they get a one page quarterly report and it shows how we're doing with patient outcomes, uh, 
uh, patient service, uh, customer service, and financial performance. None of that data is new. Boards look at that, senior management look at that, but now everybody has it. And he said, here's, and he said, it was just three graphs to show how we did over time. He said, not a lot of text at all. And he said, what happened? And he said, I didn't expect this, is people started coming to me and said, you know, our patient satisfaction score is going down. And we got worried and we started looking around. We think we know why. And we got an idea for working with that. So by giving people information yeah. in that first energy thing, they're coming to him saying, hey, we got some ideas. And he was fortunately smart enough to go, yeah, tell me what they are. So mm, that's cool. It's kind of just continuously kind of similar to kind of dripping in information. And then come back. Too harsh about it. Don't implement. Don't change too quickly. That is awesome. Yeah. What, what, can I say one thing? The, 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 the dripping information is absolutely correct. And it's dripping in information that's not even fully formed in the boss's head. He's saying, this got my attention rather mm -hmm. than I'm trying to lead breadcrumbs along the trail for you to follow. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think people trusted that in him. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, you're good. It was kind of just I, I agree 100% with what you were saying. I think part of it, too, as like an executive or a business owner is I think the first step have to take is you have to be open to being open, right? Yes. <laughs> Owners and executives Perfect. have it on their own path. Their minds are usually set. And typically they look at people and employees sometimes as subordinates and people underneath them, where if it's like, if you put them on the parallel mm. playing field, like, like most business owners, you want to hire up. You don't want to hire below. You want people mm -hmm. around you that are smarter than you. And I think it's really hard for a lot of business owners out there to just be open and accepting to seeing what other people say because they're holier than you usually, you know? That's a great point. <laughs> yep. I, I, yeah. I have nothing to add to that. That's a, that, absolutely. I agree with you. So, um, <clears throat> When, when, when you're advising companies, what are the typical kind of pitches and decks that people are coming to you for help? Is it like investment pitches? Is it sales pitches? Is it just general employee like pitches and, and, and like meetings? What, what, is, what do you kind of see, um, you know, as a, yeah. as a I, well, I get called in for the internal stuff. So not, okay. not the pitch to investors and all of that. It's like, oh, what would be an example? Okay, we're going through a merger. In fact, there was an organization that was having a merger internally. It was such a large organization that these two groups are coming together. And they say, man, it's, you know, we're going to get a lot of resistance to this. People are going, why? Our old departments are doing fine. So it's all internal for them. Yeah. Uh, it can be a reorganization. Uh, I remember in one organization, they there were, there were two facilities on – opposite sides of the Rocky Mountains. And I said, well, why don't we hold a meeting and get these people together? And it's the first time some of these people had ever met their counterparts wow. across. Wow. Yeah, I know. And, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it isn't like, you know, I had to be brighter than anybody else. So why don't we get together? Why don't we get together and talk? But it'll be like reorganizations or we've, We've got this, we've got to put in new software to do something, and we always get a lot of resistance to IT kind of projects. What can we do differently this time? So it's a usually a really functional thing that has to get done and a thing that they know they're going to have to have the support, like active roll-up-your-sleeves support from a lot of different people. Wow. <clears throat> I, can, I can imagine that must be one of the most difficult things, well, as, an, as a merger and acquisition, but for you to come in, it's got to be key to them. I've seen it happen many times when new management steps in 
and they kind of just step on the toes of who was there before. And then you see all these employees start to leave. We have a couple really good examples within our network seeing that happen. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine having having a facilitator like you in there, grooming them, telling them, you know, let's change, but right. let's not do it so quickly that you're going to lose your employee base. So I'm sure that's probably yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, and I liked. Um, it really works best, you know, if I have a relationship with a client and they're thinking of doing something, then I can say, you know, here's some pitfalls to avoid. And the exciting thing I find is when they say, well, you know, in the past, the trajectory of our changes look like this and they almost draw a route. And I'll go, why, why did it dip down? Why did and they'll say, oh, because of this. And they'll explain something and I'll say, so why did that happen? And they'll go, well, because of blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, is there anything you could have done? Oh, yeah. And the mm -hmm. amazing thing is not only can they pinpoint what happened, they can say, oh, here's what would have been better. So I can say, why don't you do that this time? <laughs> you, know, it, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes, I mean, they need something more sophisticated than that. But the, the big thing I keep trying to use is I want mirrors that they can be yep. looking into and go, oh, yeah. Because they know, they tend to know a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. So it sounds like you kind of go in into businesses and you kind of shake up their plans a little bit, right? You kind of go in, you try to help them like, okay, like let's really smooth this out. And I feel like some other stuff you talk about is kind of putting new batteries in those plans, kind of a nice recharge and refresh. Yes. You're kind of going in there and saying, okay, these are looking a little mm -hmm. dead. Let's recharge it. What does that kind of look like? What's a good example of, of, a, of a time that a plan needs to kind of have a nice recharge and refresh of batteries? Okay, I'm going to use another healthcare example, but it has nothing to do with healthcare. It just is what I'm thinking of. So I get this call, and I had done a lot of work in for one of the hospitals in this system, and they said, "Hey, uh, are you free on July 15th?" And that's always a bad sign. Like they, they they've they figured the date, they've got the caterer, now they want somebody to come in and help them. And and I said, "Yeah." I said, "What?" And they said, "Well, you know, we've just gone through that merger six months ago, and it's not working." And we were hoping you could come in and do a motivational speech because people like you. And I said, no. I said, it's, I, I appreciate the offer, but you guys don't need a motivational speech. Uh, first of all, that's not what I do. But second, if you try to pump them up by some outsider coming in going, you know, there are three things you need to think about. You know, mm -hmm. You're just going to lose it. And, and so we got talking more. And I said, look, how much time can you give me? And she said, you could have the whole day when they get to I said, Okay. And I, I called a colleague and we went out and started interviewing people just to find out. So what's, you know, I don't know what, what's in the air. And when my colleague Regina and I got together, what came up was some pretty depressing things. People were really down. They had really loved where they were working and now they didn't. And one of us said, boy, it's like somebody died. Wow. And one of us, yeah. And one of us said, I can't remember if it was her or me, said they need a funeral. So we thought, so what we did, and we never called it a funeral until it was after it was over with them because we figured they would think we were wackadoodle and we'd been out of there. <laughs> we said, all right, so what needs to happen at a funeral? And it's one, you're acknowledging what's going on. Okay. So, so we held the day and we had no idea. We'd, I said, we don't know what the outcome's going to be, but we do guarantee you're going to know a whole lot more about the situation and what's going on. You're going to have a much better map to look at the terrain at yep. the very least. And they said, okay. So the first thing we did uh, 
is they were now in like four new units. And we said, all right, just get with your new units. This, you're all ma- this is like 100 managers. We said, get in your new units. What's, what do you gain from this merger? What do you lose? And so we start going around the room. And I think there were like four units and then an executive team. And we did the executive team last. Mm-hmm. People told me they were expecting when they got to the executive team that there wouldn't be any negatives. People are going, wow, this is cool. This is a great position. We get to be here with this wonderful CEO. What was amazing is we went around. Every list looked essentially the same. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, some wording differences, but basically what we gain, bam, 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 what we lose, bam, bam, bam. And it was eye-opening for people. I mean, it was like, whoa. And so we kept doing things to help heighten, uh, to use the jargon, heighten people's awareness, heighten the picture of what is. And we even did a notion of a fishbowl, and we had like 15 people in the center. And I said, anybody can come in uh, and speak. So if uh, Kyle is is the representative from where you work all you have to do is tap him on the shoulder he'll get up you'll take that seat and so we could have round robin and what was amazing is they could talk about anything they wanted to talk about with regard to this and the big thing that regina and i noticed is the 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 pronouns they were using uh changed i mean it had been they are doing that they're doing that and suddenly it just started to shift over to i and to we wow and and it started shifting from and here are the bad things into here's a possibility Hmm. and i mean it was just amazing i mean both she and i looked at each other and said and we said we said to the group look here's what we're hearing and people are nodding it seems like you're ready to do some planning are you once again, we didn't push them. And they go, yeah. So they went off into their new groups. And each of them started coming up with this plan, these plans. And it was, it was a, and they said that was a huge turning point for them. And it was just helping them see what was right in front of, right in front of them. So wow. does that make again, sense? Again, I feel like, yes, it does. I feel like it's giving, it's giving people the floor. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, Absolutely. Speak- you sat back and wow, that's amazing. And I would imagine the outcome, like, I mean, did the morale change with the mm-hmm. employees? Did the yeah, well, <laughs> yeah? I, I've got to add to the story. The day before, I was meeting with the executive team, and there was this one guy who's really out, a really great guy, but outspoken. And he said, "You know, we gotta we gotta kill the cat, or we gotta bury. Pardon me, we gotta bury the cat." And people said, "What are you talking about?" And he said, "It's like you know, you run over your neighbor's cat, and you feel bad, and you go up and say, hey, guy, you know, guys, I'm really sorry, but I, I hit your cat, and so I bear, right. made a nice grave for it.' And then going to bed that night, and you thought, well, you know, Fluffy was their favorite. Wait, that's not a good enough grave. So you dig it up, and you make a better grave, and you go, hey, I dug up Fluffy, and I made a new grave. And he said, by the third time you do that, sometimes you just got to bury the cat. And mm-hmm. so we didn't, I invited him to tell that story. You know, uh, just I, I didn't know where it was going to go. I just, and so beginning of the day, and he's a good storyteller. So he told it. The, and this is a church related um, uh, system. So everybody goes off to do their work. And this one group didn't come back right on time. And I was curious, but I didn't care much. And we were in a room that had a little kitchen off to the side. And so you started to hear this chanting. They were all made up syllables, but sort of like it was a religious 
da 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 and and you see them walk out and they've got a shoebox and they're holding it as if they're pallbearers and you see a tail coming out of the shoebox and in the place everybody's on their feet they're laughing they're applauding and they go through kind of burying the cat and and my client wow. called said you know 6 months later somebody will be doing something in a meeting and said you got to bury the cat and wow. so yeah, so it was, we couldn't have made that happen, you know, but it's that, but yes, we saw, not only did morale change, but the, the commitment to actually make the merger a success changed right. along with the morale. So mm -hmm. Sounds like culture had a big uptick as well, kind of right. everybody coming together. Transparency, I think, was huge in what the story you told, transparency, honesty, I think all those things lead to good culture, good morale, mm -hmm. and the synergy between the two mm -hmm. teams after a merger i think that's the hardest thing I, we haven't done oh. i think it would be very tough i've seen a lot of failures so that's a really cool story bury the cat bury the cat <laughs> what i like a lot about what you're saying is you're you're almost letting the executive team they know what to do but you're kind of guiding them along by just almost asking them questions they know the answer you're just well, trying kind to of validate the out of them it's like you're validating it for them like it's okay yeah to do this. you're being like, a soundboard yeah i was kind yeah. of like like a bowling alley. You, you kind of like the bumpers in the bowling alley. And they're just the ball going down. And you're just kind of bumping them back and they're going to hit the strike. Bam! Strike. But you're just guiding them back and forth. So that's cool. For, yeah, for the most part. I mean, every once in a while I'll say, hey, here's an idea. You know, mm -hmm. and they might go, oh, good. But it has to come out of something that I know they're comfortable with. And, 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 and within the whatever those bumpers are. If mm -hmm. I start coming out with something that's three lanes over on the bowling alley, I've lost it, yeah, you know, totally. so I've got to be respectful of whatever the bump. Yeah. I love that image, by the way, uh, the, the image of those bumpers. So, yeah, no, no worries. Uh, DM. Um, <laughs> just so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so as we wrap this up, Rick, um, if there was one message for our listeners that you really hope that they walk away with from what your message is with your book and how you help companies, what would that be? Hmm. Um, well, it comes from the great philosopher and baseball player, Yogi Berra. Mm -hmm. And he said, you can observe a lot just by watching. And often for myself, as well as for my clients, I'll go, look, how about don't do anything different tomorrow in those meetings. Just pay attention, not just to the agenda, just pay attention to what's going on. What's mm -hmm. the mood? What's the attitude? And especially, what's your own attitude? Do you have energy for this meeting? That it's it's that curiosity then can then the kind of techniques i talk about you can get interested in that but but it's it has to start with that curiosity like wow if i'm running the meeting and i'm bored maybe we need to do something differently okay. it's I, being very self aware yeah i think so i think as a business owner or as an executive your day is very agenda. It's like, okay, get this meeting through. Da -da -da -da. Yes. You're not paying attention. Next thing. Okay. Da -da -da. You're just so forward thinking and mm -hmm. moving and you're just a freight train, but you need to be in the moment. Like you're saying, you have right. to listen, you have to yes. feel the energy mm -hmm. and see what's going on mm -hmm. with your team or the people you're directing your message yep. towards. Otherwise, what's the point of the meeting? It's just exactly. like, that you're just being a soundboard and a, okay, I said it next. I, yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. You have to yeah. be aware and yeah. Amazing. So, Rick, if people kind of want to follow you, they want to maybe have some help from you, they want to get your book, yeah. they kind of want to hear your message a little bit more in depth, where could they find you and how could they do that? Well, um, my website is probably the, the best place to go, and it's Rick Maurer, M-A-U-R-E-R. 
com. And I just a week and a half ago released a new book. It's an ebook oh. and it and it's free. And it's All called right. Seizing Moments of Possibility. Let me read you the subtitle. I always get it wrong. Seizing Moments <laughs> of Possibility. Sorry. <laughs> Ways to trigger energy and forward momentum on your ideas and plans. And so it's a small book and there is no sales pitch. This is not a sales funnel. You're, you're not going to get halfway in and go, but you know, for the real deal, I mean, it's really, I, I put it together with action items so that in leaders or teams could actually do stuff about how do I observe? What do I pay attention to? How do I start mm -hmm. to create tactics, interventions that don't threaten people? And so it's a, I mean it to be a really practical uh, little book. Okay. That would, I think it'd be the best place to start. And then I got all kinds of other stuff, a lot of free stuff Where, on my website too. That ebook on your website? Uh, yes, it's yeah. The, the in fact, the only way to get this ebook is on my website. I'm not selling it. And if you okay. used any of the online vendors, you have to charge at least ninety nine cents. And I, I don't even want to do that. I, I want to give it away. So. Awesome. Well, we're going to definitely pick that mm -hmm. up and give it a read. 100%. Cool. Well, thanks, Good. Rick, so much for being on the podcast. Um, hopefully, we kind of reconvene down the road and have another episode and yes. uh, come come back with some more conversation. I would love it. This this really has been a treat, guys. Awesome. Thank okay, you so much, so. Rick. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on the Biz Bros Podcast. We appreciate you kind of subscribing, following us anywhere we, you can find us, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all those good places. Um, and we look forward to talking and chatting with you on the next episode of the Biz Bros Podcast. See you guys next time.